That's right, it might be the end of April. But there's always time for football, especially when draft day rolls around. Is your team primed to make an improvement? Is this your Super Bowl like it was for the Cleveland Browns for the last 25 years? Not this year, though. (laughs) Are you a New York Jets fan? Oh, are you a New England Patriots fan? What are you wondering? Are you a San Francisco 49ers fan? What are you wondering, especially after all we've seen? Did you see uh, Teddy Bridgewater? He was involved in a trade just now. It's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff. And if you take a tight end in the top five, you're dumb. I don't care who you think you are. He's not that good. But there's one person that can make it all come together for us. And we're going to we working them hard this week after the and we're recording a fifth uh, anniversary spectacular. Where's my DDD? That's right. We got to bring in the expert, the foremost expert on all this bullshit that you see these talking heads talking about. They're waiting around to see what this guy thinks and what the fantasy football ramifications of their decisions might be. Hey, you're always scouting if you're playing winning fantasy football in the sausage hunt. Fantasy football ferocity, spring game, baby. The captain of the team's here. Mishy, what up, bro? Mr. As it relates to the National Football League, is a non-stop propaganda machine. People are talking because nothing's going on, and I need to be in the news. People are saying, look at me, I know this. This guy is going to get drafted here, and this guy is not. They know nothing because it's a propaganda machine. Tomorrow night in the uh, the shores of uh, whatever damn lake you got out there in Cleveland, Ohio, there's going to be 40,000 Cleveland Brown fans, and they're going to not. Hopefully, they'll be wearing a mask, and they have no idea what's going on. They're there for the bells, the whistles, the unicorn, the rainbow, the roller coaster, the spectacular that is the National Football League. And these people, our people, are out of their bleeping minds. But it's draft day, it's pre-Christmas, and it's important for your pro team to draft well. And it's particularly important for the world of happy scouting and fantasy football ferocity to scout well. So happy scouting begins tonight because the draft is tomorrow. I have uh, I have a couple things I read um, in my variations on show prep America. And to tell you what kind of extravaganza, Mr. Kabasa, I had to say to you this question. How many announcers is ESPN slash ABC going to be on the scene to talk about, to get FaceTime, to do their tweeting and their twitting in this year's 2021 draft? Will there be seven announcers there? Will there be 15 announcers, talking heads, talking about football? Or will there be 20 plus? 
announcers, talking heads, talking football over the NFL draft this weekend. What what do you how many people does it take to do a draft, Mr. Cabasa? <laughs> what do you think we're gonna see over the over tomorrow and the next couple of days? Across all the networks? No, across the host network, Espen. Oh. Uh what's uh, it's all hands on deck. They're bringing in all the guys that are already in Cleveland. They're figuring out where the heck they should even go anymore to have a good time. They're hanging out on this, the wide expanse of the setup that they got going down there. They would probably have 200,000 people coming tomorrow, but we're only going to have 40,000 people or something like that. Hey, it's a big day, and all their football people, it's it's just, it's like the spring game in college. You know, The spring game, we, we get you together. We have practice for a couple weeks. And then we have our spring game. It's not like a real game, but we do a lot of analyzing, a lot of fundamentals. And I can't, I'm, I can't stand. It, it gets so old after about two minutes of these guys talking about the fundamentals. This guy, you know, he's got good foot speed, but he's got this, and he's got leaping ability. He's a good team guy. You're going to hear that word a lot, team guy. So if he's not a team guy, it really makes up for the fact that he can't jump very high and uh, his his uh, bench pressing isn't really – he's not really that strong, but he's got the X factor, and that's what we like to talk about. The X factor runs a 4-5-40 and does all that stuff. So uh, what we, he could go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or 10. That's what I want to tell you right now. He can be a – you know, it impacts the amount of money – that these uh, um, former student athletes, I say that with a uh, with my tongue firmly in cheek. The, it depends where you drafted, how much money you're going to make. So it's important to some of these guys to be um, on the surface um, princes that are virtuous. Where the truth of the matter is, every year, every draft. I believe you said this a minute ago. Mistakes are made. Cost costly mistakes cost GMs their jobs, cost the head coaches their jobs, and as a New York football jet fan, cost me my hair color. And indeed. And we we still buy it, we still love it. And I'm curious, should we discuss this to, um, tonight in a fantasy football space? Or should we just kind of go through it? Because let's face it, when we talk football, we talk fantasy football. We talk our teams, mind you. But which lineman and which middle linebacker is going here, there, or where may or may not happen and quite frankly, my thinking is where are the skill guys going, where are the quarterbacks going to fall, which quarterbacks are going to be uh, eminently busts, which quarterbacks may or may not achieve, and uh, this, the greatness that is projected on them. And all that really matters more than anything is the right guy goes to the right system to play his professional football. Sam Darnold, formerly of the New York football jets is now on the Carolina Panthers. And if he were on the Panthers or another team three or four years ago, when he came out three years ago, four years ago, when he came out as a number three pick, he would have been a highly successful quarterback with a bright future. As it stands, he's a major question mark. It's such a roll of the dice. It's almost it's almost un-American, the NFL draft, 
because if I'm Justin Fields of Ohio State, I know I'm the best damn quarterback in this draft. And I know that no one understands that. And I'm going to come out with a major chip on my shoulder if and when I go to the right team. And Mr. Cabasa, because you're a fan of that team from Columbus, and you, and I believe you know the Fields family, I'm here to tell you, Justin Fields, you're not going to have a long wait. But we'll leave that for a little suspense moving forward, Mr. Mm-hmm. Cabasa, a little mm-hmm. suspense. Okay. You're not going to have there a long is no sus- You know, there is no suspense at the top of the draft. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars sucked so bad last year that they are going to draft the kid from Clemson, who you happen to like. Tell America his name in case no one's paying attention. That's Trevor Lawrence. Everybody knows he's going first. He's the most uh, number one, number one since Andrew Luck, I think, came out. Like, hey, okay, yeah. We, and they knew Andrew Luck was going first like two years before that happened, and they knew it, Trevor Lawrence was going first. And, it, and it's really a shame that these guys have to go through, what, three years of college football? They should be able to come out whenever they want. It, you Trevor see, Lawrence the totally should have came out. Yeah, he showed totally should have came out last year. I mean, he could have. You know, he could have been at least making money. So, and by rule, uh, the most talented kid at quarterback is forced to buy insurance for his college season just in case the catastrophic happens. Yeah, because that's what these guys do. They buy. These college kids buy insurance because the NFL won't let them in yet, and they're talented enough to get in there. Nowhere in, in the United States of America does that fly. Nowhere. Your skills are extraordinary, and you go to where you want to go when you want to go. My skills are extraordinary. I do the same thing. And if we were going uh, into the National Football League, they would say, no, Mr. Cabasa. We have you as the fourth uh, running back, and because running backs are out of fashion, you're a fourth-round pick. That impacts your money. But you got hurt last year, Mr. Kilbasa, and now you may have to be a free agent. And only as a free agent, undrafted, will you have the right to pick what team and what system you want to play for. And it's never going to change, and I don't mean to bitch and moan and get people mad at me. But the system is, if you're drafted by Jacksonville, you are lock, stock, barrel, chained to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar with the first pick in the draft. And Roger Goodell is going to get boot mercifully. Mercifully. Try and spell that, that, people. And Goodell is mercifully going to get booed. And it's going to go on all night. And I propose to everyone listening to this broadcast that every time Goodell gets booed, take out the tequila and take a shot. Woof. You will not make it to the first Spins pick, but the Goodell drinking game is on. And it's a challenge. You can find Michi on the beach with a bottle of tequila if you want to. And (laughs) we can... uh, we can we can go shot for shot every time he gets booed on the broadcast. Mm. And after seven, if I fall down and go boom, it'll be in the sand and everything will be all right. With the first pick in the draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who sucked, take Trevor Lawrence. With the second pick in the draft, my mm. New York Football Jets. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is this is a big deal. 
will take for the third time this decade a number one top. This is the highest they've ever picked. And they're going to take another quarterback. And the kid Wilson, Mr. Wilson, in 10 years, when he's some playing for someone else, Mr. Wilson will be the number two pick in the NFL draft. Zach Wilson out of Brigham Young University, 6'2", 214 pounds. I was 6'2", 214 pounds when I was 22 years old. Now I'm 6'2", 222 pounds. <laughs> well, that's not bad, man. You know, it's okay. But Mr. Wilson is another rebuilding project. Here's the phrase I want everyone to think about when they see the Jets take another quarterback. The Jets are the cheapest. Can I curse, Mr. Kobasa? Yeah, you can curse. Curse. The Jets are the cheapest motherfucking football team I have ever seen. Hmm. They will not hire a coach with experience. The last coach they hired with any experience was Bill Tuna Parcells. Hey, oh. The, they draft these quarterbacks in the last decade, and before they get through their rookie contract, and they're going to have to get paid, they're on another team. Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold. Sanchez was a six pick two, nine years ago, maybe 10 years ago, maybe more. And then Mr. Uh, Darnold was the number three pick. So with the number two pick, the Jets, because history always repeats now, the Jets are going to repeat their error-filled ways, take Mr. Wilson with no skill set, no talented receivers, a crappy-ass offensive line, a first-year coordinator, and a first-year coach. And they're taking a first-year quarterback. And they're going to expect sugar plums. They're going to get carpet bombed mm. one more time. Wow. And to me, as a Jet fan, it's highly discouraging, as you might imagine. Now, if you're not a Jet fan, you can laugh at the anguish, the angst. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you because as Mishy makes mistakes – Sometimes, you know, the folly is evident. The Jets' folly should be evident to all of us. And I've heard a couple people speaking, Mr. Kielbasa, and they said, well, it's going to be Lawrence, and then it's going to be Wilson, and then the draft starts. And at number three, who's picking at three, Mr. Kielbasa? And tell me the drama. Yeah, the drama. That would be your San Francisco 49ers who acquired – the third pick in the draft, they, they put down way too much to, to trade up so they know that they're taking a quarterback at the number three spot. And, and so everybody's thinking, well, what are we going to do? Well, is it going to be the guy from Alabama, Mac Jones? Is it going to be this kid from North Dakota State? Seriously. And, Seriously. Uh, and, Seriously. Apparently, no one wants Justin Fields anymore, and everybody wants that. Zach Wilson came out of nowhere, man, and he's going to go all the way to the top to be the next crappy New York Jets Jet quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. And when it should be Justin. You should go Justin Fields. Everybody I, um, who's not taking Justin Fields is going to learn to regret it, except except uh, Jacksonville. So, are you telling me that? Much like the years Patrick Mahomes went after a few, you know, went later in a draft, 
much like the year Lamar Jackson was the last quarterback taken when there were five or six quarterbacks taken a couple years ago, Justin Fields is going to be the man on a mission because he is the best quarterback in the draft. Is that what you're telling me, Mr. Cabasa? Yeah. With the third pick, the San Francisco 49ers have to take Justin Fields. Okay. There you go. The, the curse of uh, Mr. Haskins and the Redskins being a number one pick a couple years ago needs to be overlooked. Um, the idea that this young man has a modern game skill set and he's a big boy. I'm not sure how big Mr. Fields is, but to look at him. He's 6'3", 227 pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's a beast. That's That's a running back. Who can throw the ball 75 yards on on a dime downfield? And I believe the hyperbole, the hype, the misdirection that the San Francisco 49ers are sitting at has just been fodder for headlines and clickbait. They have to take Justin Fields with the third pick in the draft. They've been playing they their have. cards close to the vest, that's for sure. And they've been, uh, they've been running the, a lot of subterfuge. Oh, and they let the 26 announcers who are going to be at the 22 announcers, broadcasters who are going to be at there, all talk it out, all make people upset, all make people happy, <clears throat> all just look for more attention. Hey, I'm right. Hey, I'm right. You are not right. Michi is right. And Kibasa is right because Fields is a must pick. The kid from North Dakota, come on, man. Come on. No, the kid Mac Jones at the third pick and trading everything up for him. You could have went to the ninth pick in the draft. Mac Jones will still be sitting there. Mm. And in all reality, if the 49ers overthink it, they'll make a mistake. If the 49ers look at the brass tacks, the production, the talent, the winning, the competition, the man himself. Mr. Fields must be the number number three pick in the draft. And I'm not getting paid to say that either. Must be the number three pick in the draft. And the Jets are going to regret not taking him. And Jacksonville, for all their uh, pomp and circumstance, you know, you have to take Trevor Lawrence, but they may end up regretting not taking the young man from Ohio State. Oh, man. No. Well, Trevor Lawrence is six foot six and a string bean. With the Jaguars' offensive line, I feel bad for him. Zach Wilson is six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pounds max. With the Jets' offensive line, I feel really bad for him. Justin Fields, we just went through that with one of the best offensive lines in football, and the San Francisco 49ers. That is the landing spot that will make him a successful football player. Do they period? Do, do they just keep Garoppolo and just to have him around, or are they going to get rid of him uh, tomorrow? I um, in my heart of hearts round. and in my mind, they have they go. The way it works these days, you draft a rookie quarterback, you throw him on in. Hmm. So there may be a trade for Garoppolo down the line. Personally, I'm paying Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of money, and I would wait for him to get hurt because he's going to get hurt, 
and Justin Fields will play week five to week to week 19 and into the Super Bowl because that's how good the 49ers are. Wow. And you heard it here first. Okay. 49ers, crazy as it sounds, talented, talented football team. They would make a mistake for tomorrow, for 2021, for 2025. They will make a fantastic mistake if they take anyone other than Justin Fields. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Because if you don't hear his name called tomorrow, Mr. Kabasa, I know you. You will throw something very large at the television. Um, and damn it, you should send it right to San Francisco because airmail that brick because they just blew an opportunity to pick up a tremendous football player. Yeah, and all and the is- all the talking heads are saying, "Oh, you just wait. Justin Fields is going to be there at five, six, seven, and the Patriots are going to trade up and get him." The uh, the number four pick in the draft is the Atlanta Falcons, and they have so many problems that if I were the Falcons, I would trade out. If I'm not, if Justin Fields is sitting there, I'm trading. Um, I'm not trading out. I'm taking him. But if, as I suggest, Fields is gone, I'm trading out and accumulating some draft capital. But the question becomes, well, who the hell are you going to take at number four, Mr. Cabasa? This is all everyone's in love with the quarterback this year. And historically, there has never been, in my recollection, an NFL draft where quarterbacks were taken one, two and three. About five years ago, as you remember, uh, famous Jameis Winston was number two, number one, and Marcus Mariota was number two. Their rookie contract is up. They're bench players for other teams. And the general managers were fired for making that kind of mistake, taking that many prospect quarterbacks that early. But that's the trend. And a previous episode of the Sausage Hut Fantasy Football uh, Ferocity, yeah, yeah. I lamented, I lamented the silliness of these of, of taking a kid quarterback so early while you do not build your football team. That you take a quarterback and plug him in and play right away because that's what fashion looks like, and you basically doom your team to another five years of mediocrity and rebuild after that. I'm sick of it. I'm a Jet fan. I have a right to be sick of it. That's what I think about that. Mm. But if you're this, if you're the Atlanta Falcons and you're a team in need, and the talking heads are suggesting there's a tight end from Florida named Mr. Pitts, what kind of knucklehead is drafting a tight end when you got needs all over the football field? How are you drafting a tight end with the number four pick in a draft? Uh, yeah, I know. And unless he's, the, I mean, the guy. If you have you heard any, have you heard any interviews with that dude? I mean, he he's he's calling himself like one of the greatest tight ends ever to play the game already. <laughs> yeah, I had he's a con- kid he's not short on confidence. I think we'll call him Paul Paul Pumpernickel. And uh, Mr. Pumpernickel, I went to high school, and later on, I followed him in college, and he felt that his whole life. And the kid sucked. I'm the greatest, dude. I'm the greatest. The greatest of all time. Call me the great one. I'm going to play in the pros. I saw him picking up garbage cans about 15 years uh... ago. So Mr. Pitts, as a tight end, 
as they say in the business, that is just too much of a risk for me in the draft. And uh, I would I would allow that high draft pick to become someone else's problem if you think he's going right there to the Atlanta Falcons. That's the way I would. That's the way I'm seeing it. Yeah, two I'm words: David and Joku. Ah, uh, ah, uh, all hands team. Yeah, all hands team. And this year is going to be after those couple quarterbacks. And there's hype about you know Mac Jones, and I really want to call him Mac Davis and sing "Baby, Baby, Don't Get Hooked on Me" to the San Francisco 49ers Hell who yeah. want rumor rumor to draft him. He's got to go a little bit later. Aside from those top three quarterbacks, there's hype on three or four more quarterbacks, and there's a lot of hype in the wide receiver room in this draft. Um, And teams in need of wide receivers have a lot of uh, speculative talent, and everyone's going to look for – oh, my gosh, I just lost his name. Justin – what's his last name in the Minnesota Vikings from last year? Justin – Herbert. No, the wide receiver played for him, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And uh, he was the only hyped, not the only hyped wide receiver, but the only wide receiver last year that went into the right place, that had a need, and was highly successful. All these kids got talent. It's a matter of where they're going. And there are some wide receivers on the board that are going to be mentioned prominently. Um, And fantasy football relevantly. Probably not, but they'll be on our happy scouting draft radar. And they're all coming up. They're all going to fall down and go boom because they're going to be on the wrong teams. Like my Cincinnati Bengals picking fifth, right? They have they're need. no stranger. They're no stranger to a top five pick. They're no stranger to failing as top five pickers. And... You know, the hype is, oh, we need uh, to protect uh, the offensive line. We need to protect Joe Burrow. They're going to take a kid who didn't play last year because he opted out on the COVID um, um, situation. And that's the other variable this year, Mr. Kielbasa. These half couple of these guys, they haven't seen any film on these guys in two years. They haven't played and they're going to be and they're going to be projected to uh, become starters in the National Football League, being 21 years old and already sat out a year. I don't know. I don't know. But the Cincinnati Bengals, they need a wide receiver. There's a kid named Chase at a LSU who caught touchdowns from Joe Burrow a couple <clears throat> years ago. Didn't play. That's a fantasy. Yeah. That's a fantasy football move. That's some fantasy football gold right there. You stack those two guys, and if it were me, I would certainly do that. I certainly would do that, but they need help on the defense now. Why, Mishy, are you saying defense when the rest of the world is saying offensive line? Mishy. Offensive line. Yes, Mr. Kabbalah. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Why on earth are you saying defense when everybody else is saying offensive line? Because they have draft picks from last year that are coming back. They have signed free agent players. They've already solidified their offensive line. Okay. And I don't hear anyone telling the world that, and I know it to be a fact. So the hype machine, the the you had a word for the point counterpoint, spy versus spy sort of thing that these guys are doing. Cloak and dagger. Cloak and dagger. That's the ticket. 
I like Spy vs. Spy sometimes, sure. but that's okay. Same thing. Two good um, oh. comics that were made into video games. They made a video game out of that? Out of Cloak and Dagger. Oh, but what about Spy vs. Spy? Yeah, they made was, some cartoons about that. They did. There was a video game, too, at one point back in the Diesel. Mad, Mad Magazine. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, on Thursday night, they're going to be 32 teams picking, and we can go down the line, Mr. Kilbasa. But it's going to get a little crazy. It's going to get a little uh, nuts. There is uh, there is so many variables and teams that are going to reach for the wrong guy. There's two wide receivers in Alabama called Mr. Waddle and Mr. Smith. Okay. And Devonta Smith was, I believe, the Heisman Trophy winner. And Mr. Waddle is just another speedster. You know why those two guys are going to suck in the National Football League next year and have no fantasy football relevance? Be top 10 picks and busts? Because they're not going to be. Because neither guy is 5'9, neither guy weighs over 180 pounds. Mm. So are you? I'm asking you as a GM, are you going to draft a Smurf, a slot receiver in the top 10? Or are you going to solidify your O-line or your linebacker position or your defensive backfield? Oh, there's so many things. So many things to think about. So many things that can go wrong, really. Oh, when you're putting Smurfs on the field with Giants, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And that's where these guys just crack, you know, these, this hype machine cracks me up. It really does. People, um, people project, people say this is going to happen. This is not going to happen. But the idea, the idea that these guys are going to be um, super stud wide receivers going in the next couple rounds is a joke to me. Um, aside from Calvin Johnson, I think was drafted at nine. For some reason, I can't think of a wide receiver coming into the National Football League as a top 10 pick that actually made it. Oh, but Misha, you drafted Keyshawn Johnson 30 years ago. Number one, number one, number one pick in the draft. Oh, and he won a Super Bowl for Tampa Bay. Next question. Next question. Shit. I, I, I would say there's abs as a Jets fan, you have Zach Wilson makes nobody excited whatsoever in the New York in the northern New Jersey either. I mean I don't the dude from they, they say who's this guy? Oh, we're taking the dude from BYU. They don't even care what his name is. And like I, I would think a lot more people would be excited about Justin Fields than they would be about the guy from BY fucking you. I would imagine there are some people I know in New Jersey couldn't tell you what state Brigham Young University is in. They wouldn't even know the BY stands for anything other than my cousin Bill. And Bring your own. Yeah, that's basically, you know, and you just throw a B behind that. Bring your own beer. But Bring they don't know university. the name of the school. They don't know the uniform numbers. They've never seen them play. They just rely on the hype, pomp, and circumstance. America, get your crayons out. It's going to be a bust. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a bust. But I want to ask you something very important, Mr. Kilbasa. Yeah. If you are the Minnesota – excuse me. If you are the Miami Dolphins, you have multiple first-round picks again this year. Mm -hmm. 
you have need at wide receiver, allegedly, but you have more of a need to protect your second-year quarterback, Mr. Tua. You're drafting an offensive lineman this year, are you not? Oh, man, I tell you, I always hate... I mean, it, even though it's, that sounds like a good move, I just can't stand taking somebody who doesn't score a touchdown that high. See, that's funny you say that because that's definitely uh, fantasy football-centric. That's definitely fantasy football-centric because you're not scoring touchdowns with the quarterback on his ass with a broken leg. Yeah. Joe Burrow. So they so the the Dolphins they've got they did have okay so they they traded they they, they were at 3 and then they're now they're 12, at 6 and I think they're back at 6 now. They made a couple trades to get back into the top 10. Okay, they got the yeah, other at 6 and then they're coming around again at uh 18. So they got 6 18 and 36. And 50. So they got four picks in the first two rounds. The Jets also have four picks, I believe, in the first two rounds. All right. And the Miami Dolphins are ahead of the Jets talent-wise, winning-wise, personnel-wise, management-wise. So if I had to make a bet with you today, the day before, who's going to blow the first round three years from now? $500. Yeah. Three years from now, who's going to have a better draft, the Jets or the Miami Dolphins? I'm a Jet fan, and I'm taking the Miami Dolphins. Everybody's taking the Miami Dolphins in that case. To have no, a nobody draft has than my Jets. Right, and that that kind of leads us to believe what are the who do the, the Dolphins have in their backfield? Because there's going to be there's going to be a few decent running backs that, and, and it's funny how running backs have just you know fallen out of favor with everybody. And the thing I've been looking at, they got maybe one guy. Maybe one running back who's going to go in the first round, the, the kid from Alabama, seriously. and uh, there's yeah, a, Either that or the kid from Clemson. Travis Atien. Your boy. Yeah, he's good, man. He's good. He's going to be good. And I'll tell you who's everybody's going to sleep on because he, he just came around last year, but Trey Sermon from Ohio State. I know I'm homer picking everybody right, right now, but, hey, once you're done with Ohio State, I don't, you know, and you don't go to the Browns, it's all good. I don't need to. I don't need to blow you up anymore. But Trey Sermon is big, and he was he ran hard. You know, he's projected to go in something like the fourth round. Somebody could pick him up early. I think he's going to be good. And then you got yeah, you got and then what else do you have as far as running backs go? You got uh, the the dude you got, from North you Carolina. You got two kids from North Carolina, neither of which are going to be uh, fantasy relevant. Um. And depends where a couple of these guys go, the kid from Alabama and the kid from Clemson, they may have great fantasy relevance, but they have to go to the right place. So they have to get drafted somewhere else, not in the top 10. Evidently, people think they can get by for two years with one running back, then it's a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, go swap them out, don't got to pay them. And that's the way the game is played right now. Conversely, the over-evaluation of when to draft these quarterbacks, um, who most of them are going to bust, is not even on the radar. It's what's in vogue. It is fashion. Turn to the left. Fashion, turn to the right. We are the goon squad, and we're coming to town. Beep, beep. 
Thank you, David Bowie. Hey-o. And and these guys are, I believe, making you know some big errors with these quarterbacks. Again, I don't agree with it. So there'll be some offensive linemen taken. I think that's where your value is. Your defensive backs is where the needs are and where there's some talented guys. And if you go take like the one of the two Alabama wide receivers anywhere above the top 12, you got you got some issues. New York football giants at 11 need wide. They need it. Do they need a wide receiver after signing Kenny Galladay? Hell no. <laughs> do, uh, do the Eagles need a wide receiver after making trades with San Francisco and Miami? You better believe it. And in my opinion, the Eagles will probably take a wide receiver and he will not perform. They'll draft a smurf when they need a stud. Um, the Chargers might pick up a wide receiver. Their guys are getting old. The Vikings are kind of set at wide receiver, having the rookie uh, of the year at wide receiver last year. It's uh, We're going to see these guys, these brand name guys, who would normally be in the green room. I believe there are eight players are going to be at the draft. It could be nine. Um, and we're going to be at these wide receivers are going nowhere because they're too small, frankly, and they're not major difference makers specifically in the National Football League. Yes, Mishy, you can't teach speed. Yes, everyone. There is one Tariq Hill, one Tariq Hill, Stop trying to make two because you can't do it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, a G, I'm a GM. I can do it. It can happen for me. No, it can't. And no, it won't. And you'll be fired in four years for drafting a bust wide receiver in the first round where there's going to be a Hall of Fame eligible lineman available to you, but you didn't even bother taking him. It's amazing to me. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. You know, it's just remarkable. You know, if you look at these these teams in National Football League, all right, we went through the 49ers at three. The Falcons, we, we you know, we'd love to hear from you because you guys are funny and you don't make any sense to us. Cincinnati Bengals, don't call us. We don't care what you do. Um, Miami Dolphins, yeah, I'm kind of interested in what Miami's building. And I would, again, solidify and make my man Tua, my second-year quarterback, as comfortable as humanly possible by keeping his ass clean at five foot 11, 210 pounds quarterback in the national football league, six foot. If he's wearing six, one, if he's in cleats, that's how it works by the way, people. Yeah. And I would, I would start looking at these linemen and saying, how are we building this team on almost all the way down the draft board? What do you think about that, Mr. Kielbasa? That's that's a bold statement, but Mishy makes bold statements because that's what Mishy's here to do, make bold statements. We haven't talked about the kid from Alabama, Mac Jones, and what about him going to San Francisco? What if it's him that that uh, the, the um, what's-their-names, um, the coaches, the dude who just oh, – Shanahan, the Shanahan boys. Shanahan just hired his dad. So you got two Shanahan's coming at you. What if they're saying, "Oh, all along it was Mac Jones that was our guy." I mean, he's. I would look at. I, I'm not sure how I could look at uh, the fan bases, the general manager, uh, Mr. Lynch, out there, and say we gave away four or five draft picks for about the 50th rated, 60th rated player 
on the big board. 60th. 60th. Mac Jones looking up. Mac Jones is rated 65th draft prospect. 65. And above him is a young man named Trey Lance. He's the 24th best product. And this is according to the the draft network. There's a network for the draft. There you have it. Justin Fields, by the way, is the number five prospect in the draft. And if you're telling me I'm going to take a kid that I could have got late in the first round trade and traded away all that draft capital for a kid I could have got later in the first round, I'm showing you a general manager that's going to lose his job when it backfires. There you go. So you're saying it's definitely Justin Fields that was the dude they wanted to go for afterwards. And I was saying all along that he should be a jet, but now things change. It's funny how things change in the offseason. And, and, and it's really the only thing that changes is, is people like us speculating about it. Whereas the GMs are like, yeah, okay, let's run some, let's run some propaganda this way and that way. So we don't, they don't think we're going to do this and they, th- they don't think we're going to do that. Meanwhile, urban Meyer is saying, okay, what am I doing at 33? In the first pick of the second round. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. he has to take him. You know, everyone tells me Coach Meyer came out of retirement to coach Trevor Lawrence. Now, anyone who's ever been around Coach Meyer knows he came out of retirement for the money. <laughs> and the ego trip of being a head coach in the National Football League. A rookie head coach in the National Football League. Yeah, should have should have went to the Jets. That's all the Jets hire is rookie head coaches. Well, you would have been in better hand. I mean, I got really not many bad things to say about Herb, other than I didn't like the fact that he went from a shotgun one hundred percent of the time. I was like, dude, you're on the goal. You're on the two yard line. You don't have to go from a fucking shotgun. You can get up underneath center. Come on, come on. Other than that, Herb took us to the promised land, man, and he had him at the top of the top of the nation. Every year, and he beat the crap out of Michigan every year. <laughs> which is which counts if you're from the you know the greater middle of the country to the east of the country up north. But I uh, so you're I'm, telling me I'm he's going to take the best uh, best offensive tackle in the top of a two, or what? Are, what do they got at running back now? Do they got anybody at running back? They got uh, your fantasy football rookie of the year, James Robinson. Oh, James Robinson. Okay. And uh, who got you to a fantasy football playoff position may not have won you a championship, but he got you into that contest. Yeah. And undrafted, no one knew who he was, and that's the nature of running backs. Undrafted running back was the best rookie running back in the National Football League last year. That's the conversation why running backs are lesser um, valued in these drafts. And that's the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. But they'll be, you know, the top 10 will be great um, because it'll be hyped. Roger Goodell will get booed. Um, And again, every time they boo him, we got to take a little taste of something, you know, whatever your preference might be. That's my recommendation. When do uh, the Cleveland Browns pick after their very successful season last year? Isn't it great? (laughs) That 
I don't care who we pick in the first round. Way down at 26. Oh, man, I can't. I don't know the last time the Browns picked at 26, but it's been a long time. And, hey, I'm saying the Browns, are they're, they're going to go defense. I, I hope uh, they, they're probably going to go linebacker. But if they traded out, I wouldn't mind if they traded out. But but the one thing about Cleveland Browns GMs were they said, hey, um, most important thing for us is to amass draft picks because they thought that the more draft picks you had, the, the, the better your chances of going to the playoffs. But somebody forgot to tell them that, no, it's about scoring <laughs> points on the football field instead of having uh, having amassing lower round hey we've got uh, eight picks in the fourth round man we're ready to go oh great glad for that because you traded out of the first the first well round. you know what when when um what's his name who was at the jets the uh the the dude who started as a ball boy who he caught uh, what's his name little round face guy um he was the um, he, he coached Wayne, Wayne Cravet. I don't know. Who no, the, the coach, the coach of the, he was a coach of the jets. He coached under Parcells. He coached under, uh, I think he coached under Parcells and then he came, he got a head coaching job with the Browns. Who, Mangione? Mangione. Yeah. Mangini. Uh, Mangione, Mangini. I think it was Chuck Mangione. I Chuck Mangione on, um, he was on the trumpet playing the theme song of Jeopardy and then Ray Mangini. Ray Boom Boom Mangini. <laughs> Mangini. So he, I, I was like, we're okay, we're all excited about his first round. And I think we, we might have had the third or fourth pick that year. Everybody's anticipating. I forget who was in that draft, but he ended up trading down twice. Like traded, yeah. traded down twice out of the first round and then took a center. Took Alex Mack, who ended up being a great center, but still. I mean, come but on. There was nothing sexy about that. Right. But uh, having a great center on a shitty football team that can't score touchdowns. Whoopity doo da. But to build your football team, you have to hit on the draft. You got to get the number one right. But you, more importantly, the guys you draft from two to six, you have to have three or three, four players who are going to contribute to your football team in the next two, three years, one, two, three years. And that if you miss, you become the New York jets. You miss next year, the year after you're still the New York football jets. And when you miss three, four years in a row, you become a team like the Las Vegas Raiders and the New York football jets hyped to no end. And sucking wind when it comes to winning football. Ugh. So you got to get this. You, I mean, you're getting you're GM in the National Football League. I don't know if you're getting ten million dollars a year, but you could buy a few houses with the six million dollars you're making. And you play the ego card, or you do anything else other than building your football program. Dude, you're going to be fired, and they'll be starting again in five years. Yeah, like J-E-T-S, Ray Farmer. Jets, Jets, Jets. B R O W N S S S. Like this is the Brown. Like yeah, Ray, Ray, Ray Farmer. Farmer was the smartest guy in the room, and he blew it. 
and just like every other GM we had since uh, since the in the last couple. So anyway, man, there there it is. I I, I got a question for you, Mister Kabasa. Yeah. Now we're all fantasy football players, right? Okay. And you and I, I think, are in agreement that keepers are unreasonable uh, slaveholders sort of positions, and we should go into every draft as a redraft, fresh. Yes, I believe we agree with agree on that. I, I'll I, I'm I'll be anti keepers forever. I'm anti keepers. I I don't I don't like this NFL draft process. How can I do that in fantasy football? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got it. You can have this guy. You can keep this guy. No. Every year we start fresh. Right. And in a, the 10-team league that we play in, how many of the, the boys and girls in our league completely shit their pants when it comes to the first pick? In the first round, second round, how many people go through the hype, go through their happy scouting, and when their name is in lights, they shit themselves? I would say three out of the ten. I I think that the I think the trend of everybody valuing running backs and fantasy more than anything else is gonna is gonna end. I, I think people are gonna go back to taking quarterbacks in the first round, just like I, I I've always been saying. And I'm reaching for a quarterback over running backs because what are the chances of the two running backs you pick actually having a full season of being good? It's really Next really to nothing, right? Hi, my name is Christian McCaffrey. Next question. Yeah, didn't play last year. Hi, I'm the kid from the New York Football Giants. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you blew your number one pick. You thought you had the world on a string. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you happen to be, I agree with you fantasy football-wise, identify your quarterback because he'll win you games. And I believe what you're suggesting, Mr. Kilbasa, is that we find our quarterback wide receiver um, options early because – I can't. There are times where you can't replicate a wide receiver scoring 15 touchdowns. You can't get it with a sixth round free agent pickup. It, it will not happen. So, in our fantasy world, a third of the guys mess it up. I was about to say fuck it up, but I didn't feel like cursing. So, they mess it up. And their team stinks and they're sunk and they're, we could laugh at them and we do. And in the National Football League, that would probably mean 12 or 13 of the first round picks are going to be utter failures. Utter. Because th- that's the nature of that love, that kind of gamble. If you take too big a risk, you're going to and you're not going to be successful you're going to draft Marcus Mariota number two because you were desperate and you didn't know how to develop a quarterback. You're going to fail. You're going to get replaced. And the pressure at the pro level, of course, is much greater. But you can't tell that to any person who's sitting in a fantasy football draft room that they don't feel a little juice, a little pressure. How you respond to it, how you follow your draft board is pivotal. How you make a maneuver or a move is very important. Who makes mistakes and how do I capitalize on the draft mistakes becomes important. And we're going to see that in the National Football League. There's no question. There is no question. 
I have, uh, I'm very curious for the sake of fantasy football to watch how this draft goes. I am interested because in the pro draft tomorrow, because the Academy Awards sucked. Now the National Football League draft is going to suck, but I'll never admit it to anyone except the Sausage Hut's audience and here on the hut. Because it is an overall expression of undevoted fandom that to me is over the top. Just over the top, the way we pay attention to this. Must see TV. Okay, why? Because you told me? Or because I got $500 of New York jet gear all over my house? Why is it so important? I already give you 19 to 20 weeks and with uh, pro football watching and an extra two months of happy scouting America tune into the sausage hub for the fantasy football ferocity, because we will win you a championship. And this is all like preliminary stuff to me. This is to me, this is terrible, you know, because this is an anti-statement, but I'd rather see this shit on a spreadsheet and do my, do my, you know, diagnostics and projections from a damn spreadsheet rather than watching the hype machine trying to manipulate my point of view. And damn it, I play winning fantasy football. So I'm, 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 I'm in a love hate relationship with this draft, Mr. Kilbasa. <laughs> what do you say about that? That's funny. The Broncos have selected seven quarterbacks since 2010, and Drew Locke is the only one on the roster. And they just picked up Teddy Bridgewater. And they just got rid of their icon, John Elway, because he's a bullshit GM. John Elway should have been – if you've listened to the Sausage Hut, you've heard me for three years saying John Elway should have been out of a job five years ago. But he's John Elway. Yeah, but he's John Elway. So our emotions are more important and our loyalties are more important to the past than they are to winning football games this year and into the future. Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. I love you. You got to go. <laughs> Should have been said many times. Yeah. And it's instead of just putting the heat on these kids, it's really the, uh, the, guy, the, big, the guy in the big office. Not the president, not the owner, because they never show up with a handful of exceptions. But it's the general manager whose ass is on the line. And I think, just to recap, the 49ers are going to make the classy, the smart, the 10-year defining draft pick by picking up Justin Fields. And I'm going to say this one more, and I'm not just blowing O-H-I-O smoke. hey I mean to tell you that Justin Fields will reverse the trend that says Ohio State quarterbacks ain't it. And Mr. Fields is the most athletic quarterback in this draft, the most pro-ready athletic quarterback in this draft. And Mr. Cabasa, what else is there at quarterback in the National Football League except athletic guys with cannons that's what you want you're not drafting dan fouts anymore dan marino ran a 6-2 stone 40 you're not drafting him (laughs) anymore you don't need you know the the prototype from nfl films from 40 years ago you need you need lamar jackson 
You need the kid Allen from Buffalo. You need, if he ever plays again, Deshaun Watson in Houston. You need a stud kid who can get his ass out of trouble, go for four or more yards when the play was going to get zero, and make winning football plays. And of all the hype out of all these quarterbacks, yes, the kid at Clemson made winning football plays, but... Justin Fields is going to be the man out of this quarterback draft. Oh, I might get one of them NFTs for him and put down like $500 and watch it worth five grand in the next three years. I <laughs> I know. Did you know, Mr. Kibasa, you can get on sites like FanDuel and such, and they are there are wagers that we can make about the NFL draft. Really? That's the depth of 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 the nonsense that's going on. Oh, they're going to be five quarterbacks taken in the first round or six. You put a hundred dollars down, you can win 80 big deal, big bleeping deal. My mind is really just to find out how to make a super, a super fantasy league for this summer and how to put that in motion where I can get like 500 people playing and how, how that's going to work. That to me would be fun. Rather than sitting on the hype, excuse that. Rather than sitting on the hype of this year's draft, watching Roger Goodell, I'd rather make a bet. What color tie is Roger Goodell going to wear tomorrow? Eh, choice C. He's not going to wear a tie. All right, easy bet. Easy bet. You going to have a draft party? Or are you going to watch this by yourself? Or are you going to be playing Cyberpunk 2020, whatever it's called? Instead of watching this and just wait for the results in the morning. How are you going to approach draft night, Mr. Gabasa? I'm going to keep one eye on it. I, I, I'm already, I don't know if I can stand listening to people talk about it anymore. Although I'll tell you what, I haven't listened to Mel Kuyper that much. I don't mind Mel. So it's good to get the, okay, here's the, here's the five minutes on this guy. He go, you know, he likes pulling to his left. He's really good. He's got foot speed for a guard. You don't really see guards going in the, in the first round very often, but this guy's going to be the first guard ever picked in the top six. So he's going to be a good guard. He grades out every game and he's going to make downfield blocks and he's always going to hustle. Mel Kuyper is very much a success story in the world of, uh, national football league you know about 25 30 years ago he started his draft guide and he made a book he put it in book form and gms at the time hope they would send one to him for free because mel kuyper scouting is better than the highly paid scouting departments throughout the national football league they follow mel kuyper like he was oh i was going to say jesus but he was he they follow Mel Kuyper anywhere to get his opinion on how things work. And the only other development in the draft is, again, 30 years ago when Jimmy Johnson, then of the Dallas Cowboys, built the draft value chart where this pick is worth this many points. And if you want to trade up San Francisco to the num you know, to the number three pick, you got to give away two number ones, a two and a three. And after that, it's the same old crap. Guys should be drunk making their picks, but it's sober and tense, and they're not. They should draft like we draft fantasy football. Three beers into it, I'm taking my quarterback. Screw it, I'm doing it. Three more beers into it, I'm taking my guy. 
And, uh, you know, that's fantasy football, and that's the fun we have. These guys, again, have um, um, the weight of the world, which is a joke, but they feel the weight of the world. But the cameras and the bright lights are on them. It is the hype machine of American sport, pro football. And, damn it, we're talking about it on the Sausage Hut, and we will be watching ever so briefly tomorrow. And yours truly be really wishing just to get the recap out of the way so I can move on with my day, move on with my night. Well, you're almost, you know, you know, bad news is around the corner for the JETS, just, 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 and you're looking forward to uh, a spring and a summer full of just despair before the season even starts. But Hey, there is, you can always find the silver line. You got a new coach. You're going to have a new quarterback. It would be awesome if you took Justin Fields and then got a pretty decent running back. And then all of a sudden, hey, we might have a little. But hey, you're going to take the you're going to take Sam Darnold two dot and have the same problems. Unfortunately, you might call it Sam Darnold two point may be the uh, most prophetic thing we've said tonight. Yeah. Um, and to take it one step further, it might be Sam Darnold light, mm. which you know you took Darnold at three. Now you're taking a lighter version of him at two. Ugh. You know, fool. What is that phrase? Fool me once on me. Fool, yeah. Well, something like you know, that. and they're, and they're gonna, you know, hey kid, don't 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 jump into the well. You're gonna drown. Okay. Let me jump in a second time. <sighs> Miss you. Let's wrap it up, bro. What a, another great year of analysis for the NFL draft. I think we've answered all the questions you, America, had on your mind. If you're hoping for the best for your team, keep hoping for the best. Most of you are going to be let down. Whoever takes Justin Fields should be excited. Whoever takes the dude from BYU or the dude from North Dakota State, eh. Uh, how, many times are you gonna, yeah, how many times are you going to get the guy from Buffalo out of North Dakota State? Not many times. But, hey, Michigan. Mr. Kibasa. Happy scouting, brother. Okay. <laughs> Happy scouting. That wraps it up, then. Enjoy, enjoy the offseason. As always, enjoy, you know, your fantasy football and how it relates. Enjoy the pro game and all the hype. And more importantly, subscribe to the Sausage Hut. We are going to help you win a fantasy football championship. And we will be popping up here, popping up there when it's important. And pre-draft, we're going to be front and center. And you and I are the only people. You and I and the, the butcher, the voice of reason. Are the three most knowledgeable draft fantasy football draft nicks all in one place and come back for more. Subscribe now. Hey. Where can we find you, Mr. Kilbach? Yeah, and it seems like thank you, Mishy. Thank you very much. As always, we'll be hearing more from Mishy as we go out through the offseason about football and about all kinds of other things. Catch him on the fifth anniversary podcast we've got coming up. I'm Johnny Kilbasa, and hey, it seems like there's a lot of uh, a lot of new people listening these days. So thanks for that. Uh, all of our numbers are going up. Let's just keep them going up. Keep telling your friends. Hey, we talk about football. We talk about everything. We're funny and musical and funky and all that. So it's fun. We don't ask anything from you. Johnny Kilbasa on Twitter. Johnny Kilbasa rock. 
TikToks on Instagram. I make weird videos. I'm um, just learning After Effects and all that. That's fun. Subscribe there. JohnnyCabasa.com. You can listen to anything. Subscribe on any pod app. If, you, if you're on a pod app and you have problems, download the Sausage Hut. Drop me a line so I know about it. Mission, where can we find you? Missy will be on the beach. On the beach. And we'll see you. Good luck in the draft, everybody. The Jets are going to fuck it up one more year. Bum, 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 bum.